When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Kenobi Show answered a lot of questions, but it asked even more. And one of the questions that I noticed keeps popping up is what happened to Obi-Wan after this season? And the answer is pretty simple. Not very much. That is, of course, until they make a season two and, well, they'll have him probably do something interesting. Hopefully not go off world this time. In canon, the nine-year gap between the second rematch with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan's final fight aboard the Death Star were pretty uneventful. But if we expand our view to Obi-Wan's entire time on Tatooine and imagine that the showrunners might include some of his earlier Legends adventures in later seasons, then the answer gets pretty interesting. In fact, it'll probably surprise you. Even though Kenobi spent most of his days on Tatooine during his final years, he actually achieved quite a bit. In different tales in Legends and Canon, we know that Obi-Wan ended up fighting a completely different Sith Lord, chopping the head off of a crate dragon, and then creating an animal bond with a completely different one. But first, it might help to clear things up. Kenobi's history in the new Canon and Legends varies quite a bit, and those final 10 years of exile on Tatooine are no different. First, we'll take a look at the Legends chronology and see what the showrunners might include in Kenobi's future. One of the most important events in Kenobi's life on Tatooine might have actually been the most damning. Only a few years after hiding on the planet, Obi-Wan discovered that an old Clone Wars ally of his, a former Jedi named Asherad Het, also resided on Tatooine. But unlike Kenobi, Het had taken up residence amongst his mother's tribe, a group of Tusken Raiders. As their new leader, Het led them on missions to ransack local farmers, to exact revenge against the settlers, and so on. Kenobi, hoping to prevent the raiders from attacking Owen Lars's farm, which Luke was on, of course, challenged Het in a lightsaber duel. Obi-Wan quickly won and shamed Het in front of the Sand People, forcing Het to flee Tatooine in exile. While it might seem like Kenobi did the right thing, at first he actually set Het on the path to becoming a very powerful Sith Lord. Over 100 years later, Het would rise as the newest dark side emperor in the galaxy and lead a new sect called the One Sith to overthrow the Jedi. Again, this technically takes place quite a few years before the events of Kenobi's show, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was adapted to fit into the new canon chronology, and then they'll somehow kill Asherad Het later, or perhaps before A New Hope, or maybe they'll bring him in after the sequel trilogy, who knows? Now, although adding another Sith Lord native to Tatooine might be a bit too silly for most fans to buy into, we have to realize that this is something that was pre-established. Now, if we look past Kenobi's fight against Asherad, there are plenty of other highlights from Kenobi's life. 
In Legends, two or three years after the events of the Kenobi show took place, Obi-Wan actually ended up saving Luke Skywalker's life. The young boy had journeyed into the Jundland wastes with his friend. After a while, they lost their way and ended up luring a wingless crate dragon out of hiding. Obi-Wan sensed Luke's presence and that the boy was in danger. Using the Force, Kenobi put the crate dragon into a trance, causing it to fall asleep. This is a power called Beast Control, which Anakin also exercised in the Genosian arena in Episode 2 Attack of the Clones against the Reek. In canon, Kenobi's actions were even more impressive. When he found the boy cornered by the crate dragon, he sliced its head from its neck in a few quick slices and then brought Luke back to his uncle. That wasn't even Kenobi's only fight against a crate dragon, in canon at least. In one of the tales that circulated the galaxy, there was a myth that a Jedi on Tatooine once dueled a massive, giant variation of a crate dragon for one hour. Much like the legend's tale, Kenobi used his force powers, specifically Animal Bond, to tame the beast and survive the ordeal. Personally, I'm a big fan of these crate dragon tales, so I'd love to see them eventually on screen. They definitely tug on a different piece of our love for Star Wars, especially with Knights of the Old Republic. Now, hopefully Disney will find a way to include these in future seasons, but I'll be the first to admit there probably isn't more than a few episodes worth of stories in these tales. I mean, there's another one where Obi-Wan fights Black Kersantan, there's one where Obi-Wan saves Luke from the water tax people, which are essentially just Jabba's henchmen and thugs going around collecting a water tax on moisture farms. There's him fighting in the desert against Tusken Raiders to stay in shape, you know, with his fists. And then, of course, there's other things that they could probably make up and include. Now, turning back to Kenobi's life, we'll see that in the final years of his exile, just before Luke joined the Rebellion, Kenobi filled his private journals with only one more story. This one in particular recalled his time saving a young Tusken child from the human settlements. After the boy lost his tribe, Obi-Wan took pity on him and returned him to a group of Tuskens he had spotted a few days earlier. It's a characteristically endearing look at the former Jedi, as he once again took an orphan child under his wing and helped him return to his family. After that, the last notable event in Kenobi's life on Tatooine was his rematch against Darth Maul. Only two years before the Battle of Yavin, Maul finally figured out where Kenobi was hiding. After tracking the old Jedi through the Jundland Wastes, Maul challenged him to a final lightsaber duel. At first, Kenobi refused to engage the former Sith. But after realizing that Maul had deduced Luke's existence, or at least that Kenobi was protecting someone, Obi-Wan was forced to act. In a few slices, Obi-Wan ended Maul's life. And if you haven't seen my interview with Sam Witwer, he goes over this very scene, and it's quite interesting, his behind-the-scenes take on everything. After Maul's death, Kenobi's days passed like they always had, silently protecting Luke from a distance. Eventually, Bail Organa would send his daughter, Leia, to recruit Kenobi to formally join the Alliance, as it prepared for war against the Empire. Now, if we look back at Kenobi's life in Exile and Tatooine, there's certainly a lot that Disney Plus showrunners can work with. Although I love the tale of Asherat Het, I'm also willing to admit it's pretty silly to make Kenobi responsible for the birth of yet another Sith Lord from Tatooine. But besides that, Obi-Wan's fights against the brutal natural wildlife of Tatooine would make a few compelling episodes, at least. And then of course they can write in their own stuff, like training with Qui-Gon, maybe he goes into the netherworld of the Force, I don't know, who knows. Now, the most important part of Kenobi's exile was his writing and what he left to Luke. And this is where I believe Luke found the schematics and learned how to construct his own green lightsaber, which looks a lot like Obi-Wan's. I would love if they left a little or put a little tidbit in there, which is already a big fan theory regarding Luke's green crystal from Return of the Jedi, and that it's from Qui-Gon's hilt, 
which he found in Obi-Wan's hut. Perhaps in a letter to Luke saying that, you know, use this crystal in the next construction of your own lightsaber. The Jedi spent years recording tales of his time as a Padawan and his fellow Jedi as well in the book. All so that Luke could have something to read when he got older. Heck, you know what? We could have Luke in present time, at least, you know, in, in this time after Return of the Jedi, reading from the book. And that's how we get flashbacks or that's how we get the Kenobi show season two from Luke's point of view, from Luke's narration. Now, in season one of Kenobi, the flashback scenes were perhaps the best part. And to be completely honest, that's probably how the show should have been formatted moving forwards. As I've said a few times, it doesn't really make sense to show Obi-Wan swinging around his blue lightsaber in galaxy-wide adventures if he's supposed to be hiding from the Inquisitors and not leaving Tatooine. But the opposite of that, showing Kenobi struggling to come to terms with the end of the Jedi and his role in their destruction might not be enough to fill up one full season. Instead, moving around stories from Kenobi's past with his own dreary state on Tatooine would be a great way to get the best of both worlds. Heck, imagine if they introduce Asherod Het and then they just have him sort of trail off and we don't really know what happens to him, only to come back later on after the sequel trilogy to be the new Sith Lord, Darth Krayt. Or we could even go into flashbacks of Obi-Wan and Anakin in the Clone Wars. They really could do anything at this point, and I'm sure a lot of fans would want to see more Kenobi and more of his stories, so hopefully they'll deliver something. And hopefully it'll be great. This time without a shaky cam. Let me know what story of Obi-Wan you would want to see in a season two. I hope we get one if it's done right. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks for watching this video. Leave a like if you enjoyed it. Check me out on Spotify and I'll see you in the next video. Until then, remember, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, the Force will be with you always.